in the market for affordable home improvement products, Eubin Building Supplies carries those high-quality building materials you need. Whether you're a homeowner, DIY handyman, landlord, or contracting company, their store in Dyke, Iowa has everything you need to get the job done right the first time. Their in-store builder showroom is designed to make the selection process easy. View samples, discuss options, and then take a few samples back to your home or office for consideration. Eubin Building Supplies is dedicated to getting the job done right, and their friendly experts will help you find exactly what you need to fit your lifestyle, home decor, and budget. Go and visit their Dyke showroom at 635 Main Street or call 319-989-2222 to see, touch, and feel the latest styles. People Savings Bank is proud to be part of the Dyke New Hartford community. Thank you to all that came out to support our tailgate on September 10th. With your help, we donated all of the proceeds from the meal to the DNH Booster Club. The grand total was $2,527. We also had the honor to present a donation to the DNH schools representing the Wolverine Pride debit card swipes for the past year. With every purchase over $10, PSB donates six cents back to the school. Over the past year, our customers have swiped their DNH Pride debit cards a total of 14,865 times. With your help, People Savings Bank was honored to present a check in the amount of $891.90. Thank you to all of our loyal customers and fans for helping make this possible. If you haven't already, it's not too late to join in. Stop into People Savings Bank, grab your Wolverine Pride debit card today, and start swiping. People Savings Bank is home of your Wolverine Pride debit card. Member FDIC. Roll blue. Wolverine Nation, happy first day of fall, everyone. My name is Tad Brace, alongside my co-host, Travis Kiewit. Travis, what's happening? It's going good. Do you enjoy fall? It's my favorite. Honestly, it's my favorite season. Okay, so you're excited for this one to come up. I'm very excited. I, You know, I there, so fall is my favorite by far. Just because it's you can be comfortable in jeans usually, or and if it's earlier fall, you can sometimes wear shorts and be comfortable too, sweatshirt, whatever. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I I do enjoy the weather part of it, but I don't like it. And my wife hears it every single year. The sun goes down earlier and earlier. Yeah, and then I you know I look outside and I'm like, oh man, it's eight eight fifteen. It's getting dark. Oh, it's eight o'clock. It's getting dark. Oh, it's seven. And just knowing that the days are getting shorter, I have a, it makes me not appreciate the fall as much as I probably should. Because I do enjoy the weather. You know, during the day, it's beautiful. Today was a oh, great yeah. day. You know? I learned this today, uh, yesterday, actually. It gets three minutes shorter every single day. Really? Yeah. Three minutes? Three minutes shorter wow. every single day. Well, you know what I'm saying. Not, yeah, the day doesn't get shorter, no, but daylight. No, daylight, right. Daylight gets shorter. Today, today the sun goes down at 744. Tomorrow, it's it gets down. Let me do the math. Minus three, carry the one, 741. Yes. And that's gonna, and you're going to lose that until daylight savings time is over. Right. And, and then you get it back, but then you start losing it yeah, on that, it, too. Exactly. So Summer solstice, winter solstice. All the solstices. I believe, I believe that's... Yeah. Yeah, but no, I love it. I uh, fall's my favorite. I get a little bit. Uh, I get excited around springtime. Baseball season starts creeping around the corner, and then otherwise, I don't really care. Yeah. Well, speaking of the start of fall, you got homecoming this week. It is a big week. Homecoming. Uh, a lot of we did the door decorating contest today, yeah. which I will. I'm not. I'm, I don't mean to spill the beans or anything, but I didn't win that contest. By we had a blue sheet of paper up on our wall on our door. <laughs> But it, yeah, actually, it was like six sheets of paper because my kids cut them all. We should actually have talked to Josie about maybe some scissor skills, right? Right. We'll have to see if she can teach us something. Okay. All right. Well, we have a fun one for you. Um, which yeah, Josie obviously Art is coming on in, and then um, we also have Sarah Triplett coming on in as well. Here should be a fun one tonight. 
kind of learn a little bit about yeah. teachers who haven't been in the district a terribly long time. And I think that uh, definitely need to get a little recognition. Yep. For a what little they look do. behind the curtain, as I always like to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So should be fun. Uh, give it us a listen and enjoy the show. Reineke Construction is a family-owned business right here in the DNH School District focused on providing residential construction services with the highest levels of customer satisfaction. They do everything possible to exceed your expectations like they have over the last 20 years. Reineke Construction does jobs from installing a garage door, building barns, to your dream house. They have even built a golf course clubhouse. Services include new construction, remodels or general repairs for homes, constructions on a variety of frames and pole buildings, and construction of clubhouses and other commercial buildings. Ronnie Key Construction serves Blackhawk, Butler, Grundy, and surrounding Iowa counties, and most of their business comes from word of mouth, which is the best kind of advertising. Look around their website at ronniekeyconstruction.com to see a collection of projects they have built or renovated with passion. If you have comments or questions, please f- feel free to contact them at 319 319- Two three nine six two five six or R E I N C O N S T at Gmail dot com. Construction. Measure twice, cut once. All right, Wolverines, we are here with Sarah Triplett. Sarah, how are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. And Sarah is our high school science and stu- science teacher and a student council. Um, I don't want to say rep, but you are the person who kind of runs the student council for our students. Advisor. Yeah, there advisor. That's is, the, is that is that the official? That's is what it I advisor? Call myself. Yep. Su- oh, oh, that's what you call yourself. <laughs> Self-titled. Right. Those are the best right. kind of titles. So that, that way, when you go next year to re-up on it, you can a little more clout. Exactly. What's what is more, um, what has more clout, a supervisor or an advisor? Supervisor sounds fancy to me. Supervisor. So, so next year you could be student council supervisor. There we go. And Moving if you're up. lucky, you could be assistant to the regional manager right? in a few years too. I love it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you who don't know Sarah very well... Um, Sarah, would you go ahead and give us a little background information about yourself? We like to start out with that every every interview, uh, give everyone a nice look at the people we're talking to. Yeah, so I am from around this area a little bit, down by Conrad. I went to BCLUW, graduated from there, um, and from there I went to Iowa Central and Fort Dodge. I played softball, um, and then I gradu- graduated from there, went to UNI, and I finished my degree Got my high school science teaching degree. Then I actually ended up moving to Ohio for about f- almost four years. I taught out there. Um, I was a head softball coach out there as well. And then I decided I missed home too much. So here I came back and lucky to become a Wolverine and be up back near my hometown. So nice. that's kind of my kids kind of think that's like Ohio. Like, how'd you? Yeah. Okay. So he's got to add that in there. So is there... My husband's hometown is there. Okay. So I moved there pretty much because, I mean, yeah, we were going to get married and then moved out there to his hometown. So then he Where came back at to my in hometown. Ohio? More eastern Ohio. It was New Philadelphia um, and kind of south of Akron, Can. That's kind of the nearest place people, if they know Ohio, can know those All towns. Right. But... More Eastern, about 11 and a half hours from here. So. Was that LeBron James? LeBron James, yes, I was just going to say. So did you like, see him play or anything? Or um, did he live next to you? Went up, no, he was about half an hour. His house is about half an hour from where I lived. Really? Yep. And um, went up to some Cavs games, but of course the games I decided to pick, he ha- he wasn't playing that night. You know, those few nights he takes off. Veterans rest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Veteran rest day. Yeah. The, I've, I'm thinking about taking a few of those myself coming up. Yeah. Veteran rest <laughs> When does that day. kick in? I think after the third year. <laughs> after the third year? Yeah, I think after three. And then I think it's like you get a couple each year, adds mm-hmm. on. That's a part of the contract, right? Well, we'll have to maybe 
Well, let's see what Mr. Stockdale, see if he has seen that <laughs> fine print yet. Yeah. The Football Hall of Fame, too, is right there. A lot of people know of that area. Yep. So I've place. been to the Football Hall of Fame. Really? 1985. They've done a lot of renovation. You'll have to go visit again. <laughs> Since 85? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing they probably have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Change the tile on the floor. Right. <laughs> now, how many years have you, um, how many years have you taught total? And then how many years here at DNH? So this is my fifth year total, second year at DNH. Okay. And did you get the teaching gig in Ohio straight out of school? Yep. Actually, okay. a place I student taught at offered me a job. So oh wow, worked out really well. Oh, you you and student taught? Yes, okay. I did their program at U and I where I could go out of state. That's kind pretty, of setting myself up. You like up. that? Yeah. Would you uh, recommend that to? For sure. For students that are, you know, get the chance to. Oh, yeah. It's it not was, abroad, but. It was able to open up opportunities I may never, you know, received right. if I didn't do that. And I never thought I was going to be somebody that would leave home. But it was, you know, when that, especially when that arose, I was able to take that opportunity and really actually, you know, learn a lot, be out of state, right. learn some new things. And so definitely oh. don't regret it. That's pretty cool. Very good. Okay. So you said you are also a student council advisor. Um, can you give us a behind the scenes look at student council kind of leading up to this week? Yeah. So we've had quite a few meetings. Just we go in the mornings, um, a lot of meetings trying to discuss what the kids want. It's really all what the kids want. Um, I really don't put a whole lot of input. Sometimes I say a little bit of opinion on maybe some ideas and stuff, but we really just discussed on what do they want their homecoming week to look like? And then we kind of go from there and see what's possible you know, talk to Dravinga about what's possible. You know, administration team will talk. Um, so really just the discussions and getting things in place. So we've been meeting ever since probably like the first week of school we started because oh. homecoming right. was what really our biggest plan so far. So we really had to be on top of it there. What uh, Were you a student council advisor last year? Nope. So, so this is my first year. Okay. And then... Um, Second question, did you do student council in high school? Why why pursue uh, the advisor part of it? So, yeah, I was involved in student council in high school. Um, and I just always want to find something extra to be involved with with yeah. the kids. So I'm always looking for extra things to help, you know, make DNH a better place. And just especially being with the kids and um, really making their high school career, you know, what they think it should be like. Because in student council is a great place to do that. Right. They can make any of their dreams and whatever thoughts they had high school might look like, we can put those in place. So I thought that'd be really cool for me to help with that and help those kids, you know, get there. And so far? Yeah. Enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had breakfast this morning. I made him breakfast and it was a good meeting this morning. Can Actually, I, can I sh- teachers join? I know. <laughs> Did you use like the Bunsen burners and make like... <laughs> right. They ask that all right. the time and I'm like, I need to buy some Bunsen burners that I haven't been contaminated <laughs> right. yet. What chemicals did you put together to make your breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I should probably say what my husband the- made them breakfast, actually. I was at volleyball till about 9.30 last night, oh. so luckily he helped out. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. And, and what was for breakfast? Uh, sausage ca- breakfast casserole, and then mm. some donuts and chocolate milk. Just something simple, yeah. How and long did it take him to make the chocolate milk? Right. Um, he said he actually had to run the store twice because he forgot. Kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> the milk cow, and and does this happen um, like every Wednesday morning or about every Wednesday morning we have a meeting at what time? Seven forty-five. Okay. Do you bring your own plate, or right. no, we have? <laughs> Am I supposed to? to or, I mean, it. do they supply their own <laughs> silverware? <laughs> All right. So, you know, you talked about student council and a couple of those. Or excuse me, you talked about homecoming and and these meetings that you're having. What else does the student council kind of have their fingers on here at DNH? Uh, you know, are there other events that they help run? Things like that. Yep. So our next thing we're going to do is a um, food drive. That's going to start here in October. So that's really our next. Um, we have a guy going to come in and speak to them next Wednesday morning um, about that. And those and any of the food we collect will actually go to, I think it's Northeast Iowa that it's based out of, to families in need. So we're going to try to, you know, do a good job with that, getting some donations. And then Red Ribbon Week, you know, t- teaching Wolverines yep. how to be drug free. We're going to kind of put a little bit on that week then we also have um 
blood drives coming up. We have one in November, and then we'll have one in the spring again. We have coaches versus cancer. You know, we do at a basketball game every year that week to get some money. And then the other main priorities and goals for student council is to just make improvements around the school. Um, Like I know some things they've done in the past is the charging phone, like the phone charging stations, uh, the water bottle dispensers where, you know, instead of just the water fountain, you actually fill up a water Mm -hmm. bottle. So things like that, you know, what they see they want to have here at DNH, that's part of student council that. So we'll, we're kind of put some, have some plans in place and ideas and see what we can get followed through to make, you know, the kids it be more enjoyable place to be type of thing. Sure. So what, a as far as representing the student council, uh, how many students are on it and is it, um, a freshman all the way through senior? I'm not sure how it actually operates, but yep. So we have freshman through senior. We have a student body, um, president and VP vice president. And then each class has four representatives. They've um, two of the, out of the four are just representatives, and then the other two would be a vice president, president of the class. Okay. So we have eighteen kids total on student council. Wow, that's a good number. That is yeah. a good number. Um, for those of the people listening, who are our current president? Who is the current president and vice president overall? Right now, we have Zach Harold as our president, and then his VP is um, Devin Kolosh. Very good. Very so, good. Yeah. I, I am a president as well. In what? Of the DNH Booster Club. Oh, yeah. Yep. But I, I cannot find a vice president. <laughs> so if I go down, Isn't we're in big Teresa? trouble. No, it's not. Um, I'm, no. No, but she could be self-titled too. That's a thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I want to go down that road. But So if anybody out there is listening that wants to be vice president, I'm going on five years. <laughs> <laughs> there really isn't anything to do with it. That's right. But but it's a cool title. Yeah. I so. thought you were gonna like make something up. That's why I was like, no, oh, no, president of what? No, yeah. No, I'm, I'm legit. <laughs> you are. Nobody recognizes prestige, it, but that's okay. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> no, it's a big deal. Yeah. I think I have seen that movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, have you seen? I, I've Step heard. Of, I've heard of that. Yes, I have seen that movie. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> All right. Um. So we're gonna keep moving here. So. Aside from all that, what else are your experiences here uh, at DNH like? Science teacher, uh, you, you mentioned volleyball, so coaching. What else? Track got? and field timer, can't forget that. That's can't forget that. Probably the most important. That was probably the best experience. <laughs> all right. And I also see others. Well, I, I put on there because I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, yeah. So I just didn't want to forget that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I like I didn't this is, you know, my second year here, so I've always tried to see what positions are open and what I can, you know, try to be involved in. That's just kind of how I grew up in high school. I was involved in a ton of things and I've always been like that. So um you know, everything I've done so far, I've absolutely loved and enjoyed and you know, and just being with I feel like beyond the athletic side, now student council that has nothing to do with athletics. Also teaching, you know, being involved that way. I think I've really liked that because it gets me involved in different students um, and see different parts of, you know, the district type of thing. Um, Also, you know, like even the timing stuff, like I've been able to meet tons of people, you know, even within my first year, I was able to really broaden that. And that was a big goal of mine is to get to, you know, get to know people around here and um, as quickly as possible, just make those, you know, connections and relationships. So I've enjoyed it all, loved it. For the science part of it, uh, classes you teach or that you have taught here? Yep. So I have physical science, which is my freshman class. I have um, science survey, which is a junior and senior class most likely. More of, It's like an environmental science. And then I have chemistry, which is a lot of juniors. And then I have an advanced chemistry, which is mostly just seniors. So I have four different classes. So I, I probably would not have been in that class or the advanced classes anyway. <laughs> well, not math. Definitely not math. If you listen to the podcast, I would have. And that's the thing is when you take those uh, tests, I always scored kind of high in science, but it I, I don't understand. I must have just guessed right because I, I didn't see it. I enjoy science. I, I like that stuff, but I just. Whew, I do, man. too. I, I like it, but I don't enjoy doing it. Yeah, I don't know why if that makes sense. Like the experiments. Like I don't, 
I, lab write-ups, I, I am not a fan of. I will see, that's be honest the stuff, about that. That kind of stuff I didn't <laughs> like. I love like the experiments, and I love yes. going out and, you know, kind of like when you're talking about environmental stuff, getting your hands dirty a little bit and actually digging into it. But I didn't like the uh, the more formal part of it. So. Yeah. yeah. And it, I understand it. It has to be done. Yep. It's, the, honestly, I don't know if I should admit this, but the, uh, the learning side of it, like when I was on like the kids' shoes, in their shoes, like I don't, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I love teaching it. That's what I've learned. Right. But the teaching, like going through lab write-ups in college, did I enjoy that all the time? I mean, no. Right. And I tell my kids that and I kind of prep them for that. I'm like, you know, college classes or, you know, science classes in college, especially if you're going to take any. They're not. They're not fun. Oh, like, holy smokes! You know. Yeah. So I try to do. I, if you need I a guest honest. speaker on that, I don't know if, if <laughs> I, I. I took one at Arizona State, and I had never taken. A, I couldn't even tell you what class it was, but it it was so formal, that I it, I just did not. And we had lab partners and all that. And when it became my time, I, I mean, I I put forth full effort, but I when I turned it in, I thought no shot. <laughs> I'm like there is no way this thing is going to go through, and it it did, it did okay. Yeah, but man, just the, there's a lot of pressure. There yeah. is. That's why I've learned I mean, the teaching side of it. I yeah. absolutely love, but the learning side, it's difficult. It is, but hard. that's so, what makes a good teacher, in my opinion. I, you, yeah. If you are passionate about, so like for me, I did not like English language arts when <laughs> I was in. You know, I don't know tons of junior high kids that do. But if you can make it fun and make it interesting and you're passionate about it, yes, that translates. Yeah. That's that, exactly what I yep. try to do. Yep. So. And I think that's, you know, kind of like with science. I mean, somebody that has, as a profession, does something with science, they obviously have a passion for it because to go through it, I mean, it's pretty easy just to say, you know what, I'm done, good enough. But for somebody to good actually enough, good stuff. go through it all and I have mad respect for people that are in the science field because absolutely and that was it was rough <laughs> it was really that brings up so many bad memories all right sarah are you ready for your random question of the day i think so travis are you ready for sarah's random question <laughs> yep of the day? go ahead and give it to us tad okay when you stop at a gas station what is your guilty pleasure snack that you get every time like if you're gonna get a guilty yeah. pleasure snack, it could be candy bar, donut, pop, whatever it is. What do you pick? Gummy worms. <laughs> gummy, not gummy bears. No, I like I like gummy worms a little bit better. I think. Like the sugary kind, or like the no, no, no not like sour, no sour patch kids. You're talking about like the legit Hasbro. Yes. Okay. But I don't want sour or anything. It's just a straight. What I color? Like what what color combination is the best? The red and white. Oh, you were so close. <laughs> Red and blue. But no, it's just white. No. It, and it's not white. It's clear. Yeah, there you go. I, 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 exactly. it's, it's not. It, let's be. It's clear. Clear is the best. Yes. No, it's not. Uh, and then red is right behind it. But but clear is the best one. And not blue. Red and blue together, the mixed ones. I, oh, I like you mean, those. okay, because the gummy worm comes in two different colors? Yeah. I still disagree, but it, it is the red and white one. Yeah. The red and clear. <laughs> I, I agree with Sarah. You are foolish. All right. Well, what's yours then? So my, mine goes back to the days of um, when I coached with the Bucks. Every time we left a field to come home back to Waterloo, we'd always stop at a gas station. And I'd always take go in, and as soon as we went in, because I was always the last one out to make sure the guys didn't do anything foolish, so... As soon as we got in there, I'd go get a vanilla Charleston chew and throw it in the freezer and just let it marinate a little bit. And then um, when I would leave, I'd grab that Charleston chew. I'd grab a Reese's Fast Break. Man, this is really bad. I'd grab a, uh, a Big Bopper. It's a, the ice cream with the two, okay, uh, yep. two cookies on either side of it and a, um, a Diet Code Red Mountain Dew. I like it. That's a good lineup. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> now, that I, now, now that I say it, boy, I was going through, the, that, that sounds like a lot. I should have stopped at the Charleston Chew, L- but I didn't. A lot of money I, and, but it's good. And the thing is, it would all be gone within the first 30, 35 minutes of the trip because then I was sleeping. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you're, it's hot. It's the summer. You got to have the ice yeah. cream to cool it down. And Yeah. It, yep. That's what I did. So Okay. How about you, Tad? Um, I always... Gr- so I always loved ranch corn nuts. Like when I, I would grab a bag of ranch corn nuts, munch on those. 
Uh, you remember those? Yeah. Was there nothing else available? You might as well grab the box. You, bo- like you might as well grab the bag of Funyuns while you're nowadays, at it. Oh, I love Funyuns. <laughs> I, I, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I love me some Funyuns. The only place I would eat Funyuns is at the Roller Drill <laughs> in Waterloo. The Blackhawk Roller Drill. You go in there and it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'll take you over, but that's fine. The whole concession stand smelled that the concession stand there smelled like Funyuns. Like everybody bought Funyuns there. Yes, yeah, delicious. And I would never eat a Funyun again. <laughs> Let alone corn nut. Sarah, do you are you a corn nuts? Not really. I've, I I get had it. them, and I don't. I, I don't get awful, it. Okay, go ahead. Keep going, Tad. Sorry. I, I, and it's ranch, right? Yeah, okay. I, I would get those. And then if <laughs> if that wasn't a thing, I would usually grab a donut. Like I I oh, I do love. I could grab, go always yeah, go I for like a donut. Yeah, I, I mean especially good old fashioned. Casey's or Quick Star Donut, you can't go wrong. I, I'll agree with you on that. The other, do you, two, no. do you have Casey Donuts quite often? Uh, <laughs> do, do I look like I don't that? have Casey's Donuts quite often? Because hey now. <laughs> I've been known. I'm sorry. I. You, you just answered your own question. I've been known to dabble in the donut. Because yeah. the reason I asked that is, I think they've changed the recipe on the cake donuts. Thank. Okay, I saw. Yep, I was. I thought it was just me, and I'm really upset. Yeah. So it's not just me either. What kind of what kind of frosting? Maple. Yes. Thank oh you. My God. Yes. <laughs> you guys. Yes. Oh, big whoop. <laughs> he's he's been waiting like for so long to get well, these. New I can ones use out. it every time if I wanted to. But <laughs> it's fun. All right. Well, we better let you go here, Sarah. Thank you so much for stopping at the DNH Loose Change, and uh, good luck the rest of the way with. Sports, students council, <laughs> teaching. Life in general. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy it. <laughs> the DNH Loose Change Podcast is looking for the final two businesses to partner with us here at Dyke New Hartford. DNH Loose Change will be a weekly podcast focusing exclusively on all things DNH. The podcast will primarily consist of interviews from administrators, teachers, support staff, coaches, and our own DNH students. By becoming a partner, your business will be given up to a 60-second pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll read in every episode to a captive audience. Your donation will go directly to help out the DNH Booster Club as well as help offset the cost of producing the podcast. For more information, contact Travis Kiewit at 319-983-2206 or by email at travis.kiewit at dnhcsd.org. Thank you in advance for your support of our DNH students and roll blue. All right, we are back from our short break here. We have Josie Hume in the studio with us tonight. Josie, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Kind of nervous, but I couldn't say no to you guys, so. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> if only everybody thought that. That's really nice. Would you tell other people that? Can we, we can probably cut that up, that track right there. I was going to say, yeah. Maybe I'll make that my ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just take it home. Something like that, yeah. We got to pat ourselves on the back every now and then. Yeah, who else is going to do it? Exactly. That's what I always tell people. I said, don't put yourself down because somebody else will do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) True. Just roll with it. All right. So, Josie, um, like we always do with every interview, could you go ahead and give us a little background information about yourself, growing up, school, family, current role, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm from Trare, and I actually currently still live in Trare. Um, I had a big year in uh, 2021. We had a baby and bought a house, so I am not really moving from Trier. <laughs> but um, the drive to Dyke and New Hartford has been okay, um, and Dyke New Hartford makes it worth it. I really like the people here. I like being here. So um, I have a husband and a baby. We have a dog. Um I went to North Tama Schools in Trier, and then from there I went on to Central College, and then I came to Dyke New Hartford, and I've been loving it. I've, this is the start of my fourth year, and I am the kindergarten through eighth grade art teacher. Um, currently, right now, I'm coaching seventh grade volleyball, and um, throughout the rest of the school year, we'll be doing the junior high art club as well. 
Nice. Very cool. So did you do um, volleyball as you grew up as well? or? Yeah. Um, I played a lot of sports in high school. Um, I thought I wanted to play basketball. Uh, so I did club basketball for two years and then decided, nah, no, that's really not where my passion is. And I had a great volleyball coach. Um, and then I went on to Central to play there as well. Very cool. So when you drive from Traer to um, D&H, do you take different roads? I used to in my first year, but now I'm, I get on 63 and 20 and I get to where I need to go. I don't. So you go through Hudson? Yes. Especially in the winter, I don't stray from yeah. the bigger roads. So. I, I do alternate routes. <laughs> Even on my bus route. If I get a chance to do an alternate route, <laughs> I do it because I. Mixing it up. That's a long ways to go, too. Yeah. It, well, um, it gives me time to think. And I guess when you take a different route, you got to be a little more aware. So um, I suppose. You like, see a lot of cops. I feel like there's a lot of cops on 63. On 63. There's not as many as you think. Between uh, Cedar Falls and Hudson, it fi- seems like. I, I yes. see at least two or three. Well, 58 is loaded with them. Cedar yeah. Falls and Hudson and always go the speed limit through Hudson. Yeah. Yes. After that, there's not as many. They don't get down to train yes. very often. And we, and we love our <laughs> our law enforcement. Oh, absolutely. Yes. They're just doing their job. Yep. Keeping yeah. us safe. That's what some people, they get upset. And I, I'm probably in the minority on this one. But they get upset, people do in general, some people, that when they put in, um, what are those photo? photo the speed cameras. Mm-hmm. Speed cameras, yes. And they get mad. They're like, ah, they put up another speed camera. Just just drive the speed limit. You never have to worry about it. Never. Like you see people always um, banging on Cedar Rapids. So when you mm-hmm. are not in your bus, do you, what is... Five over. Five over is your your number? Yep. Although somebody just clued me into um, this little motto of eight, you're fine, nine, you're mine. Oh. I like that. I'd never heard that until this summer. Eight, you're fine, nine, you're mine. I I go like seven or eight over. So on 63, I like to go 63. (laughs) It's just (laughs) something that makes me happy. (laughs) That that's pushing the limit, though. I, what about fifty eight? <laughs> oh, I yeah, can. Good thing it's not Highway thirty five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd be putting along. Good thing it's not three eighty. Yeah, you'd really be speeding. Would you do the thirty eight or would you do the eighty? Oh no, I I can't go too fast. Then I oh on three eighty. I'm doing the 80. No. <laughs> I, I'm a five over guy. I shouldn't say that. Uh, yep. Well, I mean, a speed limit's 70 on those rules. Yeah. So. Yep. No, I'm a five over guy. Yeah. Always been. Yeah. Uh, do as I do, not as, or do as I say, not as I do. Yep. Okay. All right. Anywho. So, any particular reason for choosing teaching as your profession? Um, well, I, my dad was a teacher, uh, and I thought I didn't want to be a teacher because he was, and there's so many other things you could be, and you grow up in school, and te- the teachers always asked you what you wanted to be, so I'm like, okay, well, I, n- I don't want to be you, but turns out in, in high school, all the volunteer jobs, all of the actual jobs that I enjoyed the most and never felt like jobs was always involved kids and working with kids, so I knew that that's, that was a passion very good, very good. Have you always been at DNH? Yes, I started here out of college. Okay, and you said it was fourth year, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth year, all here at DNH. Mm-hmm. Do you like to, the traveling, back um, and forth, or would I mean, or do you like the variety, or would you rather be at one or the other? Um, I do like the like. There's just pros and cons. Sure. Some days it's good, and some days it's bad. Um, overall, it's just been really good. Um. Yeah, keeping two classrooms makes my prep shorter. Um, right. But we, I make it work. It's you about, make it work. Yeah, learning to make it work. I uh, my first year at DNH, um, I taught fifth grade, one section of fifth grade literature and language arts, one section of sixth grade literature and language arts, and then all of the language arts. That would have been Marley's eighth grade year. Okay. And that's the reason she hates me. Right. No. no. <laughs> but uh, well, it, it, that's one of the reasons. Yes, I was going to say it's not the only reason. <laughs> no, um my first year I felt 
very overwhelmed at times when I had two different classrooms and as a first year teacher. So being able to maintain that is a tough task. So I commend you for that because you know, you're, you're, I was, I had a cart that I would like roll from one room to the next with like my laptop, my bag, a couple other things, not because I couldn't make the trip back down, but you can't just leave when you have a classroom full of kids in there. And uh, I sadly, I trusted my elementary kids more than I trusted my eighth grade kids <laughs> at that time. So, but yeah, I always feel like that first year of a teacher's uh, career, that teacher should apologize to that first class they ever have because, right. you know, you're, you're learning the ropes right. and yeah. so, yep. but yeah, I, I commend you for being able to do that. And on top of that, being a specials teacher and having to, you know, go from eighth grade to first grade to, you know, all that back and forth. It's not, you know, a very easy setup. You know, I was in PE. That wasn't real easy to make those transitions. And I'm sure art's the same way. You know. It's it's tough, but that's part of our yeah. pre-service is like, this is our world and we have, this is what we do. It's our specialty. So what other people might see is really hard. It's like, this is what we do. Right. So, so- um, Oh, good. go ahead. Sorry. Nope, it's good. I'm done. So when you are teaching, let's say on any given day, you have eighth graders in the morning, uh, and let's say you're doing a clay um, activity. Do you try and stick with clay throughout the rest of your classes that you teach, like even through elementary, or will you like put the clay away and get the paintbrushes out or chalk out? or? Perfect world to you would have this same material medium that you're working with throughout the whole day. It doesn't always work out like that, depending on the curriculum and what you're working with. Um, a smart art teacher will make it so whatever supplies you're using, that will carry over into most of your lessons. Um, I didn't have a kiln in the Dyke campus. So my elementary classes, my first year or two, I wasn't doing any clay with. Um, I kind of suckered Ryan into... <laughs> letting me do some clay. So now all my classes get to work with clay each year. And soon when I have um, the new art room, or I guess Ryan's old art room, the high school art room, um, I'll have a kiln. Um, I'll, I have access to all of that. I just didn't have it in the first year. But yeah, I do try to keep my projects in a similar um, media base. Cool. Very good. S- smart teacher. Smart teacher. Trying. <laughs> yep. So technology in, in art, because obviously every school district, we're trying to push technology to the kids and use it as wisely as we can. What about technology in art? That's a, it's a big subject. It's something that I want to incorporate more into um, my curriculum. They use um, several different things. A lot of their free time activities involve their computer. I say it has to be something art related. So one of my favorite ones is Google Quick Draw. Um, you just search that and then you can play um pictionary with the computer and the computer guesses as you draw oh and wow the kids really like that one um there's a lot of other things like um different websites where they can create images a lot of kids love google canvas where they can take an image and draw over it um there's not a, some kids can get really creative with it and a lot of other kids just like to like draw over the lines it's similar to a coloring page it's relaxing soothing for them um we use Artsonia. It's an online portfolio where the kids upload a picture of their um, physical artwork, answer questions, title it. Um, parents and anybody else can s- see their artwork online. Um, it's a great way to share and respond. Um, I want to do more because I know there's so much more, but I, I have a long career ahead of me that I can incorporate and learn a lot more how to incorporate technology into art. Is there, do you see are there cons to technology? There are, like mm. always monitoring what they are doing, um, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I like to use our computers for reference images, um, and sometimes our searches are not always on point. Um, right. I'd say that's my biggest con. Um, I'm sure I'll find more and think of more, but just making sure that they're using it for its intended right. purpose. and. Is- all teachers have issues with that. Right. Is there a good mix, but um, like creative-wise? Because I'm just thinking of as far as, you know, something that you create with your hands versus, 
you know, moving a mouse around or, or is that pretty much, it doesn't really matter which one you do. Um, yeah, you kind of hit it. It's kind of a good mix. Um, I want to bring in more of like graphic design, especially for my older kids who would understand that and can see that possibly in the future. Um, and Ryan hits on a lot of, a lot of it in some of his classes, if he can um, get enough for them. Um, I also talked to you about using it as inspiration rather than just like taking it um, as your own. Um, how can you f- see something and change it to make it be your own artwork rather than just copying? Right. So I, I've, that's another con with the internet. It exposes them to so much and it's like then they're bombarded and they feel like they can't make sense of their own creativity. Right. That's very true. I don't, I guess, ever think of it like that, you know. Yeah. You, you lose those sights, that yeah, sight of what you can tool. do. It can foster creativity or it can, and hin- can hinder right. it. So. I can either come up with it or I can just Google it and somebody will have already come up with it for me. Right. And, and honestly, that's, that's similar in a way um, when I'm doing fictional narratives for the yeah. kids and they have to come up with a fictional story. I have read so many stories that have the exact same plot line over, which is fine. You know, I'm, the kids have read, I'm glad they're reading the stories and they're getting experience typing and, and that type of stuff. And, but I'm also trying at, this is fictional narratives is their time to be creative and explore mm-hmm. a different type of writing. So I, I understand where you're coming from with that. And this, this question here is one that I've always wondered. I, I often hear students say, like, I'm not very artistic or I'm not very good at drawing this. No, uh, Usually that's me. I'm like, that's hey, guys, totally sorry me. about me, my writing on the board or sorry about my picture on the board. Um, how do you help these kids achieve their goals and, and how do you grade that kind of stuff? How do I grade? Yeah, I, like do you, is it like, oh, this kid's phenomenal. Brush strokes <laughs> are perfect. 10. Right, like, they're another Bob Ross. Exactly. Or is it like, oh, I see some mixed brush strokes here. <laughs> they use the medium incorrectly. <laughs> Four. Like what, how do you do that? Um, I have set standards. Um, and I talk about like kind of more detailed work, like what you were saying with brush strokes. Um, but usually my standards and expectations are a little more bright, broader. So the abilities will fit in as long as they try and I try to stress process over product a lot um but it's so ingrained in kids heads that it's like they're only worried about what that final product looked like and the process of getting there doesn't matter so much to them so I try to drill that in every day every project we do um I have a great example from college I think it was a 3d design class we were making cold connection rings so you we couldn't use any soldering or anything it had to all be like little it's very intricate work, um, and the design I had was hard. I was definitely challenging myself, and the last day we were working on it, and it was due by the end of the day, and every single piece that oh. I had connected had fallen off. Um, I was trying to finish up the last pieces, but in the process, all of them were falling off. Um, so I then realized I should have been doing this instead, and it would have held up. Um, I got an A on the project, and I wasn't expecting it. I was in the bathroom in tears because I'm like, this is not going to turn out well. I'm going to get a bad grade. And um, I learned that lesson right there from my professor at Central. It's like, it is the process over the product. I was challenging myself. I knew what I could do differently next time. I didn't have time to do it differently. Um, and that's when I realized, okay, that was a big, um, I guess, learning point in how I grade my art. And I try to get my kids to realize that. Um and I hope that they always are happy with what it turns out to right. be. But if they're not happy, then it's that's okay. It's, it doesn't affect their grade. Um, is that the hardest thing to do is to get those students to understand? I would think that that would be because, you know, as you mentioned, everybody's comparing themselves to versus, yeah, to other people. And, well, because I was, you know, I was terrible at, you know, art and I wasn't very good at creativity all that stuff and you know you're always looking over at somebody else like oh that's pretty good mine not so good I also tell them you are your own worst critic Um, I tell them I look at my stuff and every day my students make me feel good about what I do because they're like oh Mrs. Hume you're so good I'm like well I could be better (laughs) I try to get them like I'm always striving to be better but it's like even myself I think I'm 
my own worst critic. And when you look at your stuff and you've seen it through the process, you know that all the imperfections and you see that and that's what you think other people see, but they don't. Right. Yeah. Getting them to realize that is a struggle every day. But <laughs> well, And you basically answered my next question here, the, you know, the, the factors of becoming a good artist, it's the process over the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of the things that I always kind of wondered too is when you have someone who is pushing you to explore and to enjoy the process rather than making you do it. I, I don't know. I, I had an art teacher and, um, and at East Buchanan, her name was Mrs. Sheets and she would grill you. If she saw like, you know, your paintbrushes sometimes would, a little hair would fall off the paintbrush or whatever. If for some reason one of those things were to happen or, you, you know, you were going to fail that project and you were going to feel a wrath. <laughs> and she, wow. She was super, I'm toast. she was super scary, but she was weird too. But anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> All art teachers are weird. I had a weird art teacher no, too. It's, it's, I hope it's, I'm not that weird. No, it's, it's <laughs> fine. But like, I just, you know, when you're encouraging kids to be creative mm-hmm. and to explore their different creative uh, abilities, that's one thing. And that's, that's what gets people out there, you know, to try it. And, but, I don't know. Yeah. And there's always, I always find kids have interests um, when I can give them choice and content and what they're either drawing or painting or building. I always try to give them choice because then they're more invested, but sometimes they just, some kids really don't like clay. And so they, they don't enjoy right. that process as much. Um, and so that th- there's ebb and, ebb and flows with, with that and what kids find. Um, Do you know, or can you tell when somebody is a good artist? In like in junior high, and then because that that's what's kind of cool about the middle school is you get to see it before it actually happens, and kind of you know in if I used to do it, you know, as far as you know oh, that you know that they're gonna be pretty good, or you know I I think they've got talent here, or I think you know this and that, or you know they seem like a good kid, I think they'll, and then follow their career through the high school, and are, are you able to? I mean. I guess what I'm getting at is, is can you make an artist or does it kind of happen? There has to be a want no. there. There are more there are students that are more right. inclined just with talent. Um but if you don't love it and want to do it then Right. Are you able to tell though? Yeah, Ryan and I usually have conversations. He'll tell me about students and like what they're doing that he's super impressed and I just nod like, my head yeah. and smile like yeah. I know. That's cool that you're able to you're kind of the first line of seeing that, you know, and then yeah, and I get to see them all all the way from kindergarten to eighth grade, and I've only had four years of seeing students grow, and it's that's a really cool part of, um, I guess special teachers and teaching a wide variety right. of grades. So I get I get them for only for a little bit, but I get them for over yeah. a year, so <laughs> which is cool. good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so um, we're going to go ahead and kind of wrap this up here. Are you ready for your random question of the day? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a good one. All right. So you are the art teacher. What is the worst color? <laughs> I find this a really funny question because I don't really have a worst color. No, there's the me. worst color. There is a worst color. Um, I, I guess it might be situational or preference, but I guess if we're painting, I usually try to have my especially little kids, avoid making brown and mixing brown. Um, I kind of, I, I probably make my think kids, is, I probably make my kids think brown is a bad color because we don't want to mix it when we get paint because then if we have all of these brown colors, it's just kind of bleh. But yeah. it's not, brown's not a bad color. I don't think no, there's that's a bad color. It's, there's a bad color. So, okay. okay what are your guys' L- Let's try colors? this. <laughs> so that you have a crayon box in front of you. You have to eliminate one co- and let's go with just some basic color. We're not going to go with like no, it's not going to be like like salmon, brown fuchsia right. salmon rose gold. We're not going to. So there's a, like a Does it have to be, so a, it's like a, a twenty four or twenty four pack. Well, I don't. I don't. I just threw that number out there. I don't. Do they make twenty four packs? I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's too many colors. And eight might be too 12. little. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve colors. Okay, so 12 colors of your basic colors. You have to take one out and, like, smash it. Which one are you smashing? The first thing that came to my mind is that yellow-green color. Makes me think of pee. Okay, now, 
So what if now it's between yellow and green? You which, can't, which one? I can't eliminate primary or secondary colors. They're too essential. But you have. But that's that's the whole point of the we question. We make the questions. You answer <laughs> you, them. Yeah, you, yeah, you're not All running right. this podcast. You might um, be a host later on, but right yeah. now, you okay. have to you have to take out one color and smash it. You're di- she's distraught. You are. Do you want us to go first, or um, do you? I'll choose you, red. Red. I'll smash red. Smash red. How come? Um, I don't. I don't love red. I like cool colors, like Ooh. blues and greens. Shots fired. Yeah, I like that. All right, okay. You're out on red. All right. Red is no good. Not going to have it. Okay. Okay, let's hear yours. Mine is white. <laughs> what? The absence of color. Or is, is it all the colors? Is it all the colors? That's what my students ask me. Is it? It doesn't matter. White is just well, a from dun- what I, So the way we see color like the scientific way. It's with white. Rods and cones. Yeah. Um, and then darkness, black, is that's the absence of color. Oh, I was wrong. So black is the absence black of is color. The absence white of color. is everything. But if you have paints, then no. you're dealing with pigments. And there's quite a few different colored pigments in black. Okay, I think we're making this a little too complicated. Yeah, we're talking I'm, about crayons in a box here. Yeah, I, I'm still taking white out and smashing it. It's okay. it's boring. Boring. There's you got to have, and it may have all the colors, but it doesn't have the color. Okay, so. Like, like for sporting I, sporting events, anybody that has a white football helmet, it's got to go. White jersey, white pant, got to go. Give me some color. Give, give me oh. some, make me feel good. Okay. White is like kind of like a cop out. Or is it clean? Now, see, one of my favorite colors is black. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it goes with everything, and you know, except so for navy, white doesn't go with everything. <laughs> but it's boring, though. So if you have to have one or the other, black is kind of boring too. Oh, I think it kind of gives a contrast, like a power, like a mm, power. power play. I like it. Well, red's the power color. So you got rid of, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dad, what color? Um, so I really don't like maroon. Like I, mar- if you open up the, the crayon box, it's the color that's like a closer to purple. It's between red and purple, mm-hmm. and there's always a maroon in the crayon box, and there's just nothing. Maroon is pointless. Maroon is a pointless color, and w- so is gray. I like gray. Gray's a, I like gray as an accent color. Yeah, my shirt right now is gray, but I don't like it. I would have a, I'm kind of with you on the maroon. I don't like the colors that you're not really sure what the, you actually have to have the palette number or whatever they call that. What do they call that? That's like FF0022. I've never worked with I, the paint people at the paint Home chip Depot cards. Yeah. They can teach me so much because I, okay. I really should work there during the I don't like summers. Navy either. Like when I, when I do a thing for a live stream or something and, um, I have, you know, whoever doesn't even, so East Marshall's coming to town uh, this week. Mm-hmm. So they have purple. So I'm trying to find the purple swatch that matches the purple that's in their logo. And I can't, it's not a true purple. It's, oh. it's an in between. So I, without knowing those letters and stuff like that, I don't know exactly. Know. And I think maroon, navy, you know, some of those are, they're tough to match. You need a come into my class when we're doing our color wheels and when you learn about color theory I think you'll be able to match and find the colors better however I don't know about finding like online how to find the correct color yeah because just being able to identify well is it more of a reddish purple than yeah because I can I can go into my program and I can type in those letters and we'll pull that exact color program is this just uh, wirecast it. It, it. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, you probably Googled could. It. Like, but but if if I if I know that color, then mm-hmm. I can tight instead of me trying to find it and push on that color and try to get the lightness and the darkness. I can just type in those numbers and it'll pull that exact. Oh, okay. No, I feel, no, like I like DNH. I think mm-hmm. I think there is a Dyke New Hartford Wolverine Wart Royal out there. That is a it's it's, it's this code. And so if okay. you put in this code, you will always get and, and that I was, blue. I was going to say something along that line. 
I hate when I go to like clothing company, you know, you get, you want to pick out a shirt or something. Well, Royal Blue at this website is way lighter than Royal Blue at this one. And yeah, that's why, why, why do you you guys have someone in like, why do you guys have two different colors? No, but Royal should be Royal should be Royal. (laughs) I, I know it should be, but I, I can't tell you why pigments and fabrics and stuff and why some companies have a different royal than another company. Uh, you have to talk to them about how that works out. I do not know. <laughs> the mysteries. <laughs> okay. We, well, all we, right. We well, won't go any further with you then, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. Well, that does bug me, though. I'm with you 100%. Uh, thank you. I'll try to do some research. We'll expect answers soon. Okay. Yeah, don't say that because we will. <laughs> we will. Ca- we we know where you teach. <laughs> All right, Josie, thank you so much for joining us on DNH Loose Change, and uh, we appreciate you representing the um, artistic side of our students and bringing out what they have to show for us. Thank you. The Dyke New Hartford Booster Club is established as a support group to encourage parent and community participation and to raise funds to enhance and expand the academic, social, and athletic programs that are available to each individual student at Dyke New Hartford Schools. The Booster Club feels strongly that parent and community involvement during the school year can be a key to the success of our students here at DNH. Please consider helping our students by becoming a member. Our Booster Club website can be found under the Parent and Community tab on the DNH homepage. Thank you for your support and roll blue. Well, Wolverines, that does it for another fantastic episode of DNH Loose Change. My name is Tad Brace, alongside my co-host Travis Kewitt. And Travis, I have a really special first pitch I want to give out tonight. A special one, huh? Yeah, it's special. We we do have a lot of special people out there that we... We do, and these people are really special. Yeah. All right, what do you got? Like super special. What's, what is it? Uh, well, I believe it was recently IT Appreciation Day, Tech Guy Appreciation Day, so if you know where I'm going with this, oh. we're gonna we're gonna throw out the first pitch to uh, Chad Bixby and Travis Kewitt for all their work uh, keeping our our laptops working, our emails jiving, the lives, internet, the interweb happening. Yeah, you you know. Well, thank it. you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. It is kind of a it's a fun job, but it is also stressful and. I'll give a big shout out to Chad Bixby for being the head dog here and um, being here for uh, three years and seeing what he has to go through sometimes and and especially with this construction lately as far as turning off the servers, turning back on, making sure stuff's unplugged, making sure things are working, taking stuff off the walls, putting it back up and um, there there is a lot. I don't know how bigger districts. I can't imagine being in a bigger district and having to. It'd be like fifteen tech guys. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, yeah, honestly, it would have to be a lot. But perfect size. Um, I think we do a pretty good job. Uh, and Chad is full of knowledge, and he's helped me out a ton um, since I've been here. So. Yeah, I think every time I stop in your office to talk to you about what we're gonna do on the podcast, and then they'll be like, "Hang on, we got a we got a kid real quick here." That's right. <laughs> right. So that's a good thing, though. I mean. Yep. But well, right. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Well, we had a fun one tonight. We had um, Sarah Triplett and the kind of like the jack of all trades here at the high school. Yeah, she's really immersed herself in DNH, which is cool. Especially for a younger uh, yes. te- or newer teacher to the district. That's that is very cool. We had Sarah Triplett science. Um, she's science teacher, coach, uh, She's a student council advisor. Yep. Next year, supervisor. Yep. And he's eventually assistant to the uh, regional manager. Right. Um, I'm not going to let that go either. Right. That will be awesome if she can get that title. Exactly. <laughs> and then we also had Josie Hume coming in here to talk about the Dyke New Hartford Art Program, um, something that doesn't always get as much credit as it should. And I think that if you walk down, when our new school or when the school is done with all the renovations, 
you're going to be able to see just how cool yeah. the art program is. And it's going to be all displayed right up front. Um, Ryan does a great job. Josie does a great job. And hopefully we keep these kids interested in the art program. Yeah, and I think, think Josie does a great job as well. I've seen her in action a little bit. And I always applaud for what she's done because, you know, I, I did K-12 whatever for PE. And, you know, we just threw stuff around. And she's actually has little kids <laughs> painting yeah. and yeah. getting messy and spilling. And I, oh, I, I, a lot of kudos to her. When my daughter, my four-year-old daughter, one, one single daughter wants to get stuff out to, to like, paint, I just cringe. Right. I don't always tell her no because I don't want to be that guy, but I cringe because it's such a mess to clean yeah, up. Yeah, can you imagine, like, 18? Oh, I know. 17 or 18 of those little littles. Thank God Cora doesn't want to do that stuff yet. She. Well, maybe I'll get her something for her birthday, a little, a little paint little, set or something. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks again for... Listening to DNH Leaf Change.